It's the Spotlight on Preventative Cancer Screening, sponsored by Northwestern Medicine. Listen as their experts and physicians answer all your questions on cancer screenings for lung, colon, breast, and skin cancers. Here's Lisa Dent. Wow, never had an official open like that. (laughs) The star of this conversation is not me. It's Dr. Jennifer Choi, the chief of the Division of Onconodermatology. I've never said onconodermatology. In fact, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. How are you, Dr. Choi? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. It's actually pronounced oncodermatology. (laughs) Oncodermatology, which means the specialty of dermatology when it comes to cancer, right? That's exactly right. And I think everyone is familiar with skin cancer. At least you've been to ex- you've been exposed to information. Advocates are always out there saying, "Put on your sunscreen, stay out of the sun." Many of us have had family members with skin cancer. But as a doctor, how would you explain what skin cancer really is? Okay, so basically, skin cancer is when your skin develops a growth that shouldn't be there. And so essentially what that means is that, you know, from different kind of assaults, particularly um, ultraviolet radiation is one of the most common, um, our skin develops DNA defects in our skin that then create this growth of abnormal cells that then start to grow. And by definition, a skin cancer will just continue to grow until it's treated, basically. And there are three types of three main types of skin cancer. How might they show up differently? Yeah, sure. So the most common type of skin cancer is something that we call basal cell carcinoma. This is the most common type, and it's so common that one in every four Caucasian people, for example, will develop at least one in their lifetime. That's 25% of people. Um, It usually will present as something that looks either pink or skin-colored, usually a bump that occurs most commonly on the head and neck area, but it can occur anywhere in their skin, but typically in areas that are chronically sun-exposed. And in basal cell carcinomas, they will often look like what people will describe as it looks like a pimple, but it doesn't go away. Or something that starts off as a bump and then it just slowly starts to grow and then can sometimes bleed over time. Um, There is another type of skin cancer that is called squamous cell carcinoma, and these do look different in that they tend to show up as red or pink nodules, like dome-shaped nodules, um, round bumps that tend to grow faster. So these can show up and sometimes grow in the matter of a few weeks, or it can grow a little more slowly, but they typically have a central scale or like a hard crust. Um, And these also occur most commonly on the head and neck in chronically sun-exposed areas. They really like the tops of hands and also the lower legs. Um, And then lastly, the the third most common skin cancer is what we call the most concerning. So this is what you've probably heard is melanoma. So these occur... This is the least frequent of the three types of common skin cancers, but the cause of the most skin cancer-related deaths. Um, One person dies of melanoma every hour in the U.S., and these can occur in several different ways. So you may have heard of the ABCDEs, and and this um, acronym pertains to melanoma. So these can look like moles or lesions on your skin that will have A stands for asymmetrical borders. Um, one side doesn't look like the other. B stands for borders, meaning the borders of this mole or lesion will look irregular, so not nicely round or oval. 
C stands for color. So within a single lesion, you may see different colors occurring with it within it. So there's a black part or there's a red part or a white part. Um, D stands for diameter. So in general, if something is over the size of a pencil eraser or six millimeters, that can be a little more concerning. And E stands for evolving. So meaning it's just something that is changing over time. So these are the three most common skin cancers. We just got a text message. It says, Dr. Jennifer Choi is my oncology dermatologist, kind, smart, decisive. I am a repeat melanoma customer, non-sunbathing history. She is just the best. So you have fans who are listening today. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> we appreciate you joining us. Dr. Jennifer Choi is the chief of the division of oncodermatology at Robert H. Lurie Comprehensive Cancer Skin Center. Um, well, Cancer Center, it's Skin Cancer Screenings. Can we talk a little bit about the importance of that skin cancer screening you know sometimes you gotta suck it up and take off all your clothes and have them take a good look at you and for a lot of people that keeps them out of the office tell us why that is important that you actually get that done that is such a great question and it's a really good point so I always like to kind of remind people that really when we see you in the office, there's nothing to be afraid of and nothing to be embarrassed about. We really do our best to like make you feel comfortable and make you feel like you're not exposed all at once. So you basically, um, the reason why it's so important is that especially with melanoma, which is the most concerning type of skin cancer, the majority of patients may not know it's on their skin. So it looks like it's not concerning to you or it's an area of your skin that you can't see. And so the reason why it's so important is that if we pick up melanoma early, it is curable. So meaning we just have to do a surgery, we cut it out, and basically you're cured. If if there is a skin cancer on your skin and you don't get a skin cancer screening and you don't realize it's there, and then it, you wait until all of a sudden it creates symptoms, like all of a sudden you develop a bleeding lesion. And by the time it's diagnosed, it can be more advanced, and then there's a higher chance that it could spread to your lymph nodes or other organs, and that's when it can become fatal. So that's why we really emphasize getting a skin check, because a lot of times people don't know it's even on their skin. Absolutely. Okay, I've got a few more questions for you. Dr. Jennifer Choi is with us today. We are focusing on cancer prevention. So every hour we will feature one doctor on the show from Northwestern Memorial Hospital. Different divisions, different types of cancers. We're talking skin cancer right now. That conversation will continue. But first, Ron Brown has a check on weather and traffic. Welcome back to the Spotlight on Preventative Cancer Screenings, sponsored by Northwestern Medicine. Here's Lisa Dent. Dr. Jennifer Choi is with us. She is the chief of the Division of Oncodermatology at Robert H. Lurie Comprehensive Cancer Center. We're talking about what it's like to actually go and get that checkup. And a few questions came in. One of them is, is melanoma that you were just talking about hereditary? So melanoma can be hereditary, um, especially if you have a first-degree family member. We do recommend that you get skin screening done. Um, actually, a surprising fact is that only 10% of melanomas are actually due to a hereditary mutation in your blood. 90% of melanomas are actually from mostly sun damage. And that's the biggest risk factor. Are there others than the sun? I mean, we all know that the sun does damage. Is there anything else? Yeah, so besides the sun, I mean, basically having fair skin, light hair, blue eyes, especially redheaded people, 
they actually are at increased risk because there are fewer protective factors against the sun. But also, if you are just born with a lot of moles, and so a lot of moles will develop during puberty, and then if you have more than 50 to 100 moles, even if they look completely normal, that itself is a risk factor. If you have a history of any kind of skin cancer, obviously you're at risk of developing more. Um, Tanning bed use is also a big risk factor. Even one single use of a tanning bed will increase your risk of skin cancer. And if for any reason you're immunosuppressed, that will also increase your risk. I had never heard about the mole thing. Uh, you know, that that just stuns me because I come from a family. People had moles and they're all like, oh, they're fine. That's not an issue. But that is that is a risk for skin cancer. Absolutely. I'm, wow. Good to have you on. I appreciate that. And tell everybody about the importance of early detection. That's the key. Right. Isn't prevention the best way to ensure that it is cured? Well, yeah. I know that doesn't make so, sense, but here's the deal. Get checked and <laughs> and prevention, you know, eliminates the risk in some time, sometimes I would imagine. Absolutely. So prevention um, is, is key. And the other the one thing I like to emphasize is that prevention starts early. So with your kids or grandkids or nieces or nephews, start them when they're young and ingrain in them that this is important. Obviously, we have to we should protect ourselves from the sun going forward um, and you know, at some point, if you feel like you've already gotten a lot of sun damage, then to your point, then at that point, early detection is key. So go in for your skin check, because if it's detected early, then you can at least prevent more problems. Another question came in. Does basil grow as fast as squamous? Did I say that right, squamous? Yeah, you said that right. Basil cells actually do not grow as fast as squamous cells, so that's really good news. It tends to grow very slowly over time. Um, In some cases, it can be a little bit more aggressive, but in general, they're very slow growing. And is there one key takeaway that you want our listeners to know on skin cancer prevention? Um, So what I was saying is basically starting early. The other point I want people to know is it's never too late to start. So again, if you you feel like you've already had a lot of sun damage, some people say, well, it's too late for me. That's totally not true. If you start sun protection now, I also want to emphasize that sun protection means use of sunscreen, at least SPF 30 is the minimum recommended to really apply enough. So a lot of people are under applying. So using, if you're wearing shirts and a t-shirt, one fluid ounce, which is the same size as a shot glass bowl, should be the amount you're applying every time and to reapply every two hours because it does wear off. And then sunscreen is not the only way to protect yourself from the sun. Wearing broad rimmed hats, sunglasses, and covering up as much as you can are all really important ways to protect yourself. And when should someone see a specialist? I would say when you see something on your skin that looks different from the other spots. So a lot of times we call that the ugly duckling sign. So if you see something, you're like, that doesn't look like anything that, that is, that is otherwise on my skin. Other things are basically if you see something that seems to be growing, if it's bleeding, if it's painful or persistently itchy, that's when you want to go see a specialist. And what about people, people are texting in about vitamin D. Well, how am I supposed to get vitamin D if I'm not in the sun? There's many other ways to absorb vitamin D, correct? Yes, I love that question. So we really don't recommend relying on sun for vitamin D because there's no way to separate that from sun damage to your skin. 
So you can, as long as you don't have like formal gut problems in terms of absorption, you can take a vitamin D supplement. The usual dose is, you know, average dose is 2,000 international units per day. And that will be more than adequate to get your vitamin D. And there's no evidence that natural vitamin D from the sun is any better than vitamin D from a supplement. So don't rely on the sun for vitamin D. And I know we talked about the risk factor being higher for fair-skinned people, people those with red hair, people with autoimmune issues, people who, you know, might have had a lot of moles. But what about people of color and someone just sent in a text and said, hey, I'm Greek, I have darker skin, am I at less risk? I love this question. So the bottom line with skin cancer is actually that no skin type is immune from skin cancer. So meaning a, a skin cancer, including melanoma, can occur in any single skin type. It is true that skin cancer is going to be less common in those who have darker skin. But in skin of color and in those with darker skin, it's actually been shown that there's a specific type of skin cancer called acral melanoma that can occur on your palms, soles, and nails that can occur at, in, in skin of color. And so that is a, those will not follow those A, B, C, D, E's that we talked about. Instead, what you're going to look for is that if you see in your nail an abnormal dark streak that usually goes from the bottom of your nail to the top, and then slowly over time, it grows either in darkness, in color, like there's a color change, or it grows in width. So it gets wider over time. That can actually be a sign of acromelanoma. Or if you start to see pigment on the skin that's surrounding the nail that has that streak. So just keep in mind that, you know, even if you don't have fair skin, skin cancer can occur. I have learned so much. Thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Dr. Jennifer Choi, she is the Chief of the Division of Oncodermatology at Robert H. Lurie Comprehensive Cancer Center. Honestly, I thought that I was pretty well versed in cancer. I was on the Board of Directors for the American Cancer Society. I'm a survivor, but geez, that was a lot of information. So I hope you took that information and you put it to good use and guess what we're going to post that conversation online at wgnradio.com so you can share it with someone else you think needs to hear the message steve's news from the northwestern medicine newsroom is coming up next on 720 wgn 